What is up, my man Tempo? How's it going there, Corey? Man, it's long going time great. no see. Yes, we're actually seeing each other right now, which is pretty awesome. Yes. Um, this is the one thing something that the Weekly Warrior has never done with any of our guests is like video chatted. We've done some in-person interviews, but we've never done a video chat. So so far, it's pretty nice. You're making my ego and optimism so much easier now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. So, yeah, uh... Your name is Michael. However, I'm not going to be calling you that. Uh, <laughs> I know you as Tempo. Everyone else is going to get to know you as Tempo as well. But what I need you to do is introduce yourself. Of course. Um, so my name is Michael Fleming, um, otherwise known as Tempo. That was my rugby name in college. Um, and if you don't know me by now, there's a reason for that. I always am pushing the Tempo. <laughs> but What I pretty much do is I am an exercise physiologist Um, and pretty much what that entails is doing cardiac and pulmonary rehabilitation in Illinois. And that is anybody who has a heart attack, open heart surgery, valve replacement, lung disease. I'm pretty much their medical personal trainer. Um, And what actually came about after doing this field for seven years was my new program, RFF Lifestyle. And RFF Lifestyle, the PG version, is just getting people to eat real effing food. Um, If you want to be an adult, it's real fucking food. Yeah. Um, We have a lot of people, especially in the health and fitness industry, they spend a lot of time arguing complex nutrition, (laughs) complex, you know, physiology. But the reality is, is most people just need it to be simpler. And if you just go off the idea of telling people to eat real food, they are so much more likely to engage in a sustainable behavior like eating healthier, like exercising more, like being able to get better sleep. So RFF Lifestyle was pretty much created to get people to enact in healthy, positive behaviors and at the same time, trust, learn and act upon those same behaviors. Yes. The trust, learn and act thing is sort of your thing right now. And we're definitely going to get into RFF here shortly not educated on the topic. You are the expert. But I would guess that most of the time, the people that you deal with probably don't have the best nutrition habits, um, which, like I said, you've been dealing with this for a long time because even back in college when we were were playing rugby and doing our thing for a decent period of time, you were helping me learn about like food and trying to get some more insight into nutrition. So as far as like the nutrition stuff goes, when did you have sort of your your coming out party for being interested in all the nutrition stuff and why is it so important for you? Sure. So in the beginning, like how my ultimate career started to go off your first point was that when it hit the home front, that's when everything changed. So my dad ended up having a heart attack. I didn't really have interest in all of those healthy lifestyle behaviors because we were just playing rugby. We would have, you know, Saturday's rugby day, we'd be drinking, we'd be doing whatever we wanted to do. But right when my dad had a heart attack sophomore year is when it just kind of changed my perception on, oh, maybe eating well is 
important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe, you know, not just exercising all the time and then going to Burger King. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, combining all of those healthy behaviors together. And uh, right when I saw my dad go to cardiac rehab, um, he started to have better energy. He started to have a better mood. He started to make his lifestyle changes so much better off. And I'm like, wow, if, if this can change a person who wasn't even thinking about health at all, really only thinking about the health of his kids, Mm -hmm. that that's so impactful. So that's when I decided to go straight towards, you know, being an exercise physiologist, wanting to work in that same cardiac rehab setting and help people that, you know, maybe don't have all the right answers to nutrition, don't have all the right answers to exercise. A lot of people are, it just seems foreign to a lot of people Mm -hmm. about enacting healthy behaviors, but the nutrition aspect, I got interested in it a lot more because I was having issues of my own, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I would be exercising all the time, the weight was going up and then I would have times where the weight was going down. Um, and then even as I got out of college, like I started to have a lot of issues with my gut and with my actual intestinal, uh, track and, you know what, I was eating a bunch of food that I was told was healthy, but it's not healthy to every individual. And those were grains. Um, mm. So I was eating a ton of brand cereal. I was eating a bunch of smoothies. I thought all I was the being, fiber <laughs> I was I thought I was I thought I was being healthy because in the medical aspect, they tell you fiber is real healthy. And when you're a type A personality like me, you go to the extreme, you eat way too much fiber. And then you don't know what the happy medium is. So I think after having my own individual experiences with bad health, and that's not even talking about weight. Like I was at a healthy weight. I was exercising. I felt, I felt good exercising Mm -hmm. and, but I was the same weight. I was underweight and felt like crap. Right. So, but now I'm that same ideal weight that I want to be. And I feel fantastic. Yeah, man. I used to, I remember anytime you felt like, nasty you just hammer like five fiber bars <laughs> like yeah. the, the crappy ones you you know we buy at the store or whatever right and you're like oh i gotta have the fibers so you just like you know down them real quick and yeah that was well, the and, that was and, the solution and that was the biggest problem was uh, uh, because when you are told something is healthy and then you go to the opposite extreme end of it and it's not working, you just end up distrusting Mm. and not learning from, you know, the recommendations that you're ultimately given to other people too. Mm -hmm. So I always like to say, especially with RFF and just in my clinical experience and working with patients and clients is that what works for you, Yeah, you know, what's sustainable for you? You know, I will tell people that like grains were bad for me, but you might thrive on eating oatmeal. Like Mm -hmm. I think, the idea of just having one universal nutritional aspect for like everybody is not going to work because we all have different preferences. We all have different reactions mm-hmm. and we all have different uh, immune systems to it too. So I think that's why the RFF lifestyle approach is just so much better. And that's why I really started to care a lot more about nutrition. Cause I started to learn a lot more about myself and the recommendations I'm giving to people. Yeah. It's interesting that we're sitting here talking about something so simple. So the idea is eat real fucking food because that's the stuff that, A, we're supposed to eat. We're not supposed to eat all these processed 
addictive foods. You know what I mean? Like Lay's, the Lay's slogan, you can't eat just one or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So Connor and I were talking about this today, actually. And are you familiar with the Whole30 program? I have been told that you have to try the Whole30 program. So, and and I, to my understanding, it is a diet pretty much to, you know, eat real food. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like the whole thing with Whole30 is for 30 days, you're eating real food, n- like nothing processed. The, right. I, the most processed thing you're going to end up eating is like the healthy oils that you consume. Cause like there's right. no, there's no like canola oil, sunflower oils, anything, you know, all that, all that stuff is gone. So you're using all Which I'm oils. not a proponent of. Ob- no, absolutely. still recommended by the medical Which is crazy, too. right? It's unbelievable. But and it- if you know the history of it too, like these types of industrialized vegetable oils, even though they're none of them are vegetables, they're all seed oils. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't know that they're unhealthy. They right. Just assume that they're healthier because they don't have saturated fat in it. Right. And that's and that gets conflated. And there's been multiple studies on end showing that these oils are not good for human metabolism. Mm-hmm. They make people eat more. They're yep. very addictive. And then people wonder why they're not losing weight. Maybe it's because of the poor recommendations <laughs> by health professionals to eat these oils. Well, yeah. So like with the after you do the if you stick to whole 30 and you do it for 30 days, so you've eaten, okay. you've eaten nothing but you know, and there's a, there's a cookbook that got that guides you through it type thing. Um, so you do 30 days with no processed foods, essentially, um, very low refined sugars, like, you know, all that type of stuff. People will rave about how good they feel. And they've even lost a lot of time because, you know, in that first month of weight loss, you oftentimes will lose like, you know, 10 pounds, which is not the normal, but it happens because you're getting away from soda and all that type of stuff. But anyway, and then they, yeah, they, they talk about how good they feel. And then they immediately go back to like eating chicken nuggets and right. like doing all and doing all this stuff. And then they feel like shit yeah. again. So my question sure. is, that was a, that was a whole big lead into a okay. question. In your opinion, as someone who works with people on a daily basis who deal with these issues, how did we get so far away from like eating these real foods that, make us feel good. We're healthier. And, and, and and it's like, it's a proven fact. Like there's no like gimmicks behind it. It is a proven fact that we are better off eating these foods, but we're so it's ingrained in society that we don't eat them. So in your opinion, how have we gotten so far away from something that's so simple? So ultimately we've just, (laughs) it's gotten so bad because we've always followed standard of care And ultimately, it's treating a symptom rather than reversing the root cause. So standard of care, what is standard standard of care? Standard of care is that someone comes in with like, you know, GI issues, for example. Okay. Um, I was told that you got to eat more dietary fiber. um, And if that doesn't work, we're going to put you on Metamucil or we're going to put you on some type of supplement or medication. Treat the symptom. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah. then if you think about the processed food aspect, the idea is that root cause medicine is preventing the GI or minimizing the GI symptoms from ever, uh, ever happening. And, and that's yeah. how our kind of medical system is set up. It doesn't mean that like doctors are bad. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that like I'm always right. It means that we have to uh, tackle 
and prevent things from actually occurring and minimize them. And it really ultimately got bad when they started recommending low fat diets to people. Um, Mm. And that was the problem is that a lot of people thrive well on higher fat. A lot of people thrive on lower fat. But the idea, and that started what, like back in the yeah, 80s? Yeah, so that was generally going to be starting with the dietary guidelines with, uh, it was the McGovern Committee. And the McGovern Committee, they were pretty much saying, we need to recommend a low-fat diet to a lot of healthy people. And when mm-hmm. people started doing that, people started eating less fat. They started eating less meat. They started eating less whole-dense nutrient food. And what they ended up doing is eating more sugar. They ate more seed oils. They ate more of these heavily refined foods. And people didn't think fat was healthy, but then you have a lot of people that are just like, what, what, wait a minute, an avocado isn't healthy? Like, you know, cooking with butter instead of, I can't believe it's not butter is bad. Oh my it, God, just, yeah. I think they ended up conflating the, uh, the whole aspect of those recommendations were with good intentions, but terrible ramifications. They didn't really have a lot of data on the idea that fat ultimately is bad for human metabolism. Now, the type of fat, I would assume, is going to be better, but they just said all fat. And, and when yeah. you have something that is restricted, people are going to consume more of something else. And they ended right. up consuming more of the processed food. And people started validating them by putting advertisements on there saying low fat, low salt, you know, zero mm-hmm. trans fats you know they were they were putting easy marketing tools on there zero cholesterol they were putting all of those things on foods to get people to buy them to make them think that they're being healthier when in actuality they're eating more processed food mm. right it's the it's the health halo that the food producers the food companies put around like um like for, perfect example is those fiber bars that you right. used to eat like we thought that those were healthy right. because they've got some protein and some fiber, but then they're loaded with sugar and like fake shit and the oils and all, all that stuff that we're talking about. So the thing that is interesting is the corporations that make the majority of our food, right. they have, what do they want to do? They want to make money. They want us as human beings to be addicted to this food. And then that, I mean, that goes into the, the, healthcare system too, which like you said, I mean, you, you as a healthcare person saying that we, a lot of times will treat a symptom instead of the cause, like, dude, why is, is it, do you, I mean, I think we all know it's, it's because of money, right? Like we don't want to treat people and make them better because then we can't make money off of them anymore. And that's one of the challenging things is too, is that that's why I'm, I'm not going to be this zealot and this gung ho person saying, you got to get rid of all these fiber bars. You got to get rid of all of (laughs) these foods because you know what? People can choose to eat whatever they want to. And the idea is that that's why with RFF, I'm just trying to encourage people to eat more examples of real food because the junk food Mm -hmm. is never going to go away. A lot of people love it. They demand it. And I don't want to tell people what to eat. I want to encourage people to eat better because Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with like, you know, if you took out alcohol, like people are going to go nuts. (laughs) Like, I, I don't like to do this idea of like trying to have these companies like funneling like all of their uh, idea to gauge profit, it's totally fine with me. But the what is not fine with me is 
recommending these as healthy options of food. That's where yeah. it gets BS. And when you start giving a lot of, you know, information <laughs> out that is easily refuted or information that is not going to improve your metabolic health, that's where I get angry. And you're absolutely right. It goes directly into the it goes into schools. It goes into it goes mm, into military. Mm -hmm. It goes into hospitals. I'll give you one phenomenal example, and you know, gets it really grinds tempo's gears, which is why yeah, which is why I don't it. work a lot as much inpatient. That's why I you know teach outpatient a lot more, and I love it. Um, so we have to get somebody ready for a stress test. You have to hook them up to a ten lead EKG um, so you can see their heart rhythm, and we're trying to get them to do anaerobic exercise. So we're trying to get them doing something harder and harder gradually over time until they can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And after an individual is coming in to see if their heart is doing well, after that stress test, after they work so hard, after they did so great on the test, there's no indication of heart disease. What do you think we give them after the stress test is performed? Pudding. Lorna Dune cookies. You know, <laughs> would you like some juice? Would you like some pop? Would you like some cookies? And then we ask them, how come your blood sugars are so high? How, how, come, right. how come your insulin levels are really high? Why are you here in the first place? Well, the, the idea is like, maybe we should, you know, encourage people to say, hey, control your blood sugars, but then I'm not going to go ahead and give you a cookie. I, if we mm -hmm. had the ability, and I know it's a lot harder in when you have real food, it's just what I'd much rather give the person an apple rather than a cookie mm -hmm. if you're done yeah. with, you know, very high glycemic exercise. It's just, For and, sure. and, and then we wonder why, like a lot of these institutions, like our hospitals, our military, and even our schools are getting really, really overweight. People are getting pre-diabetic. People are getting high blood mm -hmm. pressure earlier. Like you're having a lot of those health risks that I deal with on a regular basis happen sooner because of poor dietary recommendations. Right. So it's pretty safe to say that like, yeah, this is a problem. We talked about like some of the, it's not false advertising. It's just like the wording, right? Of it, you know, so it's the health halo that they create around these products. So what is, is the solution when you're in the grocery store? What is the solution to this? Because obviously you're going to like, it's stimulation overload right. when you're, when you're in the grocery store with like, oh, this is like, high fiber, low carb, low fat, you know, this is healthy for you and this is right. whatever. So what's the, what's the, how do you combat so that when you're in the, the store? Yeah. And that's a very good point too. Cause when a lot of people go to the grocery store, they have no idea what to buy. They focus more on the wording rather than actually looking at the quality. So, so mm. I'd rather people, this is the simplest answer. You stay on the outside of the aisles. Don't go straight to the bakery, you know, Go, go, go get your fruits, go get your vegetables, go, go get your lean meats, pick a number, go get a butcher, <coughs> stay away from things that are mainly in a box bag or a can or a package. Mm. Just, just mm -hmm. get back to eating whole food, real food. I love whole 30. Yeah. I would just say whole year. <laughs> yeah, for just sure. Do it consistently. Um, but <clears throat> the simplest way to help people when they're going to the grocery store is I did a recent video on this too, is if you have a hard time reading nutrition labels and you're not a nutritionist, I'm not even one, but if you have a hard time reading these, buy foods without mm -hmm. them. Like buy yes. nutrient-dense whole food that has a quality yep. source of protein that is on the outside of the aisles rather than on the in. 
because like you were saying, they will sneak in those oils. They will sneak in those sugars. They will sneak in chemistry projects that you don't even know yeah, how to pronounce. Say, benzocarbonate number <laughs> yeah. 2000. Well, well, I heard <laughs> microdosing with this, you know, with this <laughs> nutrient is, oh, is safe. And that's what they're able to do too. They're able to say like these products are zero sugar went because yeah. legally it's less than one gram of fake sugar. So that's how right. they're able to get away with stuff. If you, if you yeah. see something that's zero calories and it tastes like something, probably don't buy it. And right. staying on the outside of the aisles is probably the easiest recommendation. If you have a hard time reading labels, buy foods without them, buy whole dense mm-hmm. nutrient, uh, nutrient quality food on the outside. Yeah. My uh, back, this was years and years ago when I was still in college and I was just starting to learn about all this stuff. My uncle gave me a perfect example um, that's really easy to understand. So like take something like mayonnaise, right? So mayonnaise is in reality should be like four ingredients. It's vinegar, mustard seeds, like crushed up, uh, egg whites, and... That's pretty much it. Maybe some, you know what I mean? Like some salt, whatever. Real food. (laughs) Exactly. So he, what he did was he showed me, he said, now look at this label. And it was like, you know, Hellman's or whatever. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter the brand, like pick a, pick a mayonnaise brand in the store and look at it. And if it's, and if he's like, if you go through a label and it's stuff that you don't have like in your pantry or in your refrigerator because do you have xanthan gum in your <laughs> pantry do you have like and you know do you, know mean, you have any safe? of that stuff <laughs> like exactly right. like if you can't like if you can't access it and put it in your pantry and you don't have it on hand like ease you know the, the typical right. stuff the chances are you probably shouldn't be eating it um so like yeah the mayonnaise is three or four ingredients and then you go buy the one at the store and it's got what 15 20 right. And you don't even know, like, what are, I don't even know what some of this stuff is. And then you start looking into what some of this stuff is. And it's like, why are we eating this? And this is why we overtly complicate things. And that's, and that's yes. the root problem with everything is that the, the recommendations were crap. They had good intentions, but they were, didn't want to suffer the ramifications. And then yeah. now you have a bunch of people overtly complicating a nutrition label when it says, thing, like I said, things you can't pronounce. I can't even tell you if it's legitimately safe to consume, but I'll tell right. you if you can't find it in your pantry like that, or, <laughs> or another great analogy is that you can't find it in the wilderness, then it's probably yes. not worth eating. And, and that's yeah. been an easy example is that I, I, I've worked with so many different people. They, they love their dietary habits. They, I, I have, uh, especially in heart uh, cardiac rehab, you have a lot of people recommending plant-based um, you have a lot of people that are thriving on keto. You have a lot of people that are doing paleo. You, you, you know what? It's just the common theme behind all of these successful, long-term, sustainable dietary patterns is that they're all real food. You know, mm-hmm. I get you a person that, you know, you know, is doing, you know, a plant-based diet, which I don't always recommend, um, just because it depends on the person and yeah. it depends on, are they likely to do it long-term? But I have a lot of people on, you know, that are doing a plant-based diet very well. And then I have a lot of people that are doing a ketogenic diet well. What do you think those two groups are going to do? They're going to say, no, this is better. No, this is better. And I'm like, well, yeah. you guys are thriving. So why would I change 
any of your patterns? Why would I change any of your eating habits if you're doing mm-hmm. so well? And, and that's yeah. what I think we're, like we're losing. We're l- making it complicated rather than simplifying. I remember when, when I, this was, oh man, it's like two years ago now when I finally started getting my health in order, yeah. the biggest thing that I, cause prior to that, it was like you said, it was confusing. You go and you're like, there's gotta be a magic pill or a magic food or these, the, the thing that I look at is like these diet foods, yeah. right? So it's advertised as something that's going to help you lose weight, cut cravings, feel fuller, faster, like blah, 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 blah. So the biggest thing that I did, and I learned this through listening to podcasts and, and whatever, like plants and protein, not too much and like, keep it simple. You know what I mean? And that was the biggest thing for me is like butter, for example, like butter's not a bad thing. Use it in moderation. And like, it's, but like margarine on the other hand is mostly, it's almost plastic. Pretty much. You know what I mean? But so the whole point is like, everything gets over or over complicated. And really when it comes to like weight loss, and I think you would agree with this, you keep it simple and you eat plants and proteins and like simple carbs like rice, potatoes, even like spaghettis to a point, like pastas to a point. Um, And that's the thing where I find it interesting is I, and I hear, I think you probably do too. You hear it all the time where it's, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. And then you like, well, you could try this or you could try this, but then it's, you get a lot. It's weird. I feel like we get a lot of pushback from like, well, could, I mean, what's your diet look like? Well, I, I use like light maple syrup and, (laughs) and like, (laughs) Oh, it's just hysterical. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm using low salt potato chips. I I get people, (laughs) I get people asking me all the time, like, Mike, what's the healthiest chip? What's the healthiest cereal? I said, I, what do you think I'm going to say? And and they, they're like, uh, well, I know you're going to tell me that it's not healthy. I'm like, bingo. Like none of these are health foods. I mean, these, these are, you know, pleasure seekers. These are treats, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of people will try and look at ways to validate a slightly unhealthier version of another food product. What do I mean? People, Mm. people will go ahead and say what's healthier, a Coke or a diet Coke. And what we are dealing with simplistically is that this person does not want to give up pop. So, they want to have an answer to drink Coke or Diet Coke when the medical professional will not say everything in moderation. I will say, if you're going to have it, have it. But there is no nutritional value whatsoever yeah. to it. And I think that's where the messaging needs to be, is that instead of looking for the healthiest cereal, how about you just stop eating cereal for a week? You know, like mm-hmm. It's all of those types of things that we want to validate what we enjoy and what induces our cravings, but it unintentionally is going to actually hinder us from achieving our weight loss goals, maybe reversing like our diabetes or any type of health condition you might have. We just Mm -hmm. automatically assume that the slightly less unhealthier version is going to get me to my goal. And, right. and we need to get back to that reality and tell people you need to eat real nutritious food. You need to go back to the mm-hmm. drawing board and just keeping it simple and just don't validate 
foods that have no nutritional value whatsoever. Yeah. And I think with this conversation too, it's important to talk about there is a difference between like pure, like weight loss conversation, which you lose weight when you're in a calorie deficit. Right. Yes. So like I could eat Twinkies all day long. Right. And as long as I'm in a calorie deficit, I'm going to lose weight. Right. However, I'm going to be super unhealthy. <laughs> right. So like, I think with, in, in our day and age with the way things are for me, what works is, and I, I you just did a video on moderation. So I know you're going to have opinions. Of on course. This, but like, I, I do enjoy perfect example is um like honey mustard and onion pretzels okay. that you see in the that you see in the bags or whatever so i thought i looked at the ingredients which on the snyder's ones they're actually not too bad but what's the compromise here i like that food so how do i make it better so um right. what we did was we made our own pretzels okay and like a honey mustard and onion sauce you know and it, like we made that with real ingredients and still like calorically it was not great like i still you still consuming you know a thousand calories in one sitting type thing right. but it's the quality of the food like it it's a it's not good necessarily for like the, the weight loss debate but it is better for i am at least putting better ingredients in now i'm still going to get i'm still going to gain weight if i overeat celery but if you know, it's, it's more, I think we talk, you talk about moderation a lot and yeah. that's a topic where it can, the, the, it's really like, it's not black and white at all. Right. It's super gray. So like what I'm talking about, right. what did, what advice would you give? Because yeah, people want, like, people are going to want to eat some cake or have, right. have the pretzels or eat chips. So like, is there, what is the, there, there, there is a compromise to this, but what is it? Sure. So I, when everybody talks about like just calories a lot, I, uh, me and my personal clinical and medical experience and just with working with patients and clients is that I don't like to look at it first off as a caloric deficit. Um, the main reason why is because like you just mentioned, we want to change the quality of the calories before we mm -hmm. focus on the quantity. So, right. and naturally what's very interesting, especially with human metabolism is that when you actually eat, real nutritious whole dense food long term you naturally do put yourself in a caloric deficit because you're fueling and giving the body what it needs you know how much harder it is to overeat chicken yeah. and vegetables <laughs> exactly my point so I, I i tell this to people all the time is that when you are dealing with a you know, how can I make this junk food healthier or how can I do this? Um, I always just try and tell people that you have to emphasize quality over quantity first. Uh, mm -hmm. And when you start doing that, naturally what happens is that these cravings go down, the weight loss, are, uh, it, it ends up uh, happening naturally over time. And yes. you put yourself in that caloric deficit that all of these health people are looking for. And yeah. because- a lot of people would just focus on the, you know, calories in and calories out, you know, the law of thermodynamics to an extent it is true, but I'd rather get there with real food, not with junk food. You mm -hmm. know, Weight Watchers is a great example of that. They'll put you in a, you know, caloric deficit, you'll count your points, and then you either achieve the weight you wanted or you didn't achieve the weight you wanted. And then you end up consuming more of those same addictive type foods. So right. I, I think caloric deficits are, 
are very good, but I'd rather you start with quality and then start to focus on the counting of macronutrients like protein and fats and yeah. carbs and stuff. Yeah, because it's, I mean, if you eat, I've, I've tried this before. I mean, you can have 2,000 meal, 2,000 calories in, in 10 minutes of, with processed foods. Right. It's, all, it's almost impossible to sit down and have a meal and like a meal within reason, right? Like even if I'm sitting down and I'm having a steak and a baked potato and some sort of vegetable, yeah. I'm probably going to be sitting around a thousand with right. all of the things that come with that. But like, it's, it's really, really hard to massively overeat. I'm not going to like a bag of potato chips is what, you know, 2000 calories. Right. Most people can sit there and eat it in one sitting. So yeah, to- that totally makes sense. It's just an interesting debate with the with the health community and the weight loss community because it's like people want their cake and they want to eat it too which you sort of can in some ways you know what i mean like but it's weighing what your goals are too at the same at the same time and and that's one of the biggest challenges too is that you have a lot of people like myself in the exercise physiology world they you know they want to be able to tell people reduce your calories reduce your intake i'm and I tell people, well, once you change the quality, you're going to feel a lot better and your exercise performance mm. is going to go up. But yeah. I think I've used this phrase before, too, when it comes to like the weight loss like debates and people always talking about it is context is everything. When you have somebody that is trying to lose weight or they're trying to reverse their you know, diet type 2 diabetes, they need to reduce their energy intake. That could be fat intake. That could be carbohydrate intake. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. they need to reduce their energy. But I will tell you, an athlete or somebody who's trying to improve their exercise performance is not going to like a reduction in energy in the form of fats or carbohydrates. So the context is going to be different whether you're focusing on performance or whether you're focusing on weight loss. And when I tell people, if you're focusing on weight loss, we need to reduce energy in some fashion. That's either high glycemic carbohydrates or a high amount of fat because I, there's this awesome um, health coach named Ted Naiman, and he's a guy who kind of focuses on this protein to energy ratios, meaning that if people have a high physically active lifestyle and they want to gain more muscle, they can increase their energy. But if Mm -hmm. people are just naturally trying to lose weight and trying to, you know, improve their physique, they can reduce their energy in some fashion. Either that's too much fat or too much carbohydrates. And that can Mm -hmm. still be healthy fats and healthy carbs. We just might need a reduction in energy up the protein, which signals satiety. And guess what happens? People get shredded. Yeah. People get to the way they want to look. Yeah. Right. It's, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think this is a good time to segue into, so you have decided to try to do something about this issue, which is pretty obviously an issue. Every, it seems like, you know, everybody battles it at one point or another. Sure. Um, and you've decided to do it with your is company, your yeah, brand, pretty, pretty, real fucking food, yeah. RFF lifestyle. Yeah, I'm trying to build a philosophy slash program where I'm able to do health consults with people and they just are going to tell me what their goals are. It doesn't even have to be weight loss. It can be, but maybe somebody's, you know, struggling with sleep. Maybe somebody is struggling with one of those 
multiple healthy lifestyle behaviors. Mm -hmm. And if they want to sit down and have a talk about it, how can we improve that and see how it works over, you know, two to three weeks, they can reach out to me. They can, you know, ask for any more advice because I, I do focus on the aspect of weight loss and that's primarily what a lot of people will go for me for. Um, but the reality is, is that we're just trying to encourage and help people enact healthy, positive behaviors. That includes nutrition, exercise, getting quality sleep, reducing your stress, getting proper hydration, and then doing periods of fasting and improving your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people just it, have to understand that it is a multifactorial approach that I don't have that magic pill, but I will encourage you to enact all of those self-gratifying, hard, challenging lifestyle behaviors mm -hmm. that we all struggle with consistently. It's that holistic approach where you got to, they're all intertwined, but you have to start somewhere, right. whether it's, you know, eating more vegetables during the day, like mm -hmm. doing something and continuing to build those better habits. Like, a lot, some people struggle, like you said, I mean, sleep, water intake, right. nutrition, exercise. I mean, whatever the, everyone has their, their thing. So RFF lifestyle, basically you're able to attack whatever. I mean, once you figure out what the problem actually is, right. you can kind of attack what that is. Am I hearing yeah. that correctly? So, I mean, and like I was saying, just to keep things simple, I have, RFF lifestyle was just created for a reason. You got to eat real first, real food first before you enact any of those other high, healthy lifestyle behaviors. So mm. like, I'll give you an example. If somebody has is intermittent fasting and they're like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. I'm losing weight. I feel great. But then they go to Burger King, they go to McDonald's after they fast. Then, then yeah. that wrecks the primary purpose of RFF. I want right. I, the idea is to get people to eat real food first and then okay. enact those secondary lifestyle behaviors and surround yourself with people that encourage those behaviors too. Mm -hmm. Lastly, it's also to trust, learn, and act upon those behaviors. So, I mean, I trusted the medical recommendations, but that also affect, uh, affected my way of learning more about the topic. And then mm -hmm. you, I've learned that once you apply all three of those things to those healthy behaviors, you're more likely to be consistent. If you trust in getting better sleep, if you, tr you know, learn from getting better sleep and then you act upon it, if you apply all those things, you're more likely to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. And it, like I said, it's very simple and I will like with your, with your content that you're putting out, it's really easy to like understand and digest. But at the same time, I'll say this, it's like probably the most, wholesome nutritional content that I've seen on the interwebs. Like, I don't know, like you can just tell you're genuine about it. It's not like you're trying to sell people on a product or like whatever right. you're, you're there trying, you're promoting like eat the real food. Cause that's the, that's the bottom of the pyramid. Correct. Yeah. And it's, and that's what we lose a lot, especially in our you know society. That's one of actually one of the other reasons why RFF lifestyle got created um, not only because they had a study that came out showing that, you know, like a little more than 85% of people in America have one or more chronic health condition, and that's prediabetes, mm -hmm. overweight, high blood pressure. Like, we're just an unhealthy society. 
And what actually actually made that even worse is people's messaging about our unhealthy society. And Mm -hmm. I think that most of the messaging is that people can either look at it two ways. They could either tackle their health and improve their lifestyle, or you can, you know, not improve your lifestyle and, you know, suffer the consequences of any type of health disparity. And you see this on social media, you'll see this like everywhere else is that everybody's just so damn negative. Like, and I, and now I'm being negative by being angry at negativity, (laughs) but that's the point is that I, I I just want to bring back to, you know, just positive messaging. Like we can have a rational discussion. We can talk about ways to improve your health. We might have some disagreements, but I'm trying to encourage you to, if you're going to thrive, I encourage that. If you, if you, Mm. if you are, you know, doing some type of healthy behavior that you enjoy that you like and is going to improve your health. Let's go. Like, let's get yeah. that optimism. Let's get that positive. Celebrate the success. Celebrate the success. Even, yeah. even if they didn't do it my way, you know, if they didn't do it based the way my recommendations were, then that's still okay. I, my, my yeah. whole goal is to make people healthy. You could take my critique. You could take my advice, but I'm here to support honor and cherish the fact that you improved your health. And that's what we need to get back to is positive messaging across the board. And at the same time, give people information that is simple information that they can, you know, enact easier. And, Mm -hmm. and so they can stop arguing all the time on what to do rather than actually doing something. Yeah. I, that's, uh, yeah, that's actually, I mean, I don't have, you, that was perfect. <laughs> oh, what? that was perfect. And, and I'm not perfect, by the way. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's I think you hit the nail on the head. And so we ask all of our guests the a question at the near the end of the interview. Sure. And um, listening to that answer, I I don't know how you're going to answer this question better than with that. But yeah, I, um, I, you're you're building my ego again, man. I just I, <laughs> hey. We're celebrating success. Yeah, hey, hey, you're, you guys are doing great. I, I, I love what you guys are doing too. And I, I just really hope that your success continues because uh, this is how positive messaging gets out. You, you, you give people content, you give them the ability to, hey, I wonder what Tempo has to say, but I'm also interested in what Corey has to say because <laughs> all of our perspectives, all of our collaboration, all of our talking amongst each other is actually how we do better as a group. Not yep. not censoring or people, you know, not talking about difficult subjects. We yes. we want to we want to talk about things that improve people's lives. And I'm glad that, you know, your podcast is able to do that. And I'm happy to be a part of that, too. Yeah, man. It's been almost two years now. We've been doing this. Whew, keep on keeping <laughs> on, brother. I love so it. So here's the question, though. You're on the Weekly Warrior podcast. Uh, all right. Well, mm. what does being a warrior mean to you? What does a warrior mean to me? Yeah, what does being a warrior mean to Tempo? Oh, God. Well, I being a warrior to me is that I love talking the talk, but also I love showing that I walk the walk, too. Mm. Um, I think just being a warrior is being somebody that actually has values, has discipline, and they have the ability to just... If things get tough, you adapt. If, mm. if, if things get challenging, you're not going to dwell in how bad that response was. You're going to figure out a way to fix it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of problem solving because when you are a warrior in your natural habitat, a lot of people just understand that we are all trying to survive and thrive. And warriors are the ones that actually will talk the talk and walk the walk. They are going to do everything they can to provide for their values, provide for their family, provide for whatever means necessary to help their quality of life at the end of its fulfillment. (laughs) That's the end of it. Warriors are just phenomenal people just because they are acting upon healthy behaviors, but they're also encouraging people surrounding them to do it too. Love it. That was, that was fantastic. So tempo, the people that are listening, where can they find you on the interwebs and what can they do to support RFF lifestyle? Yeah. So, um, I do have a website. Uh, it is at rffLifestyle.com. Sounds very, you know, straightforward, <laughs> but I also have, uh, the ability to do free. Yeah. Yes. Free, uh, health consults where you're able to go ahead and sit down with me for one hour and we could talk mm. about goals, talk about what you want to achieve, whether it's weight loss, you know, whether you're a young person trying to improve your exercise or whether you're a elderly person trying to reverse their diabetes. I'll give you one hour. You can sit down and talk to me and you can reach out by doing that at rfflifestyle at gmail.com. You also have my uh, phone number and contact information there as well. You can also follow me on Instagram. Yeah, the Instagram handle. Lifestyle. Yeah, I'm getting a lot more followers that way. I'm doing a lot more uh, health consults. But uh, also the main message that I always tell people is that if you don't want to do a consult with me, if you don't want to, you know, enact in the, uh, if you don't want to reach out right away and you're a little scared or timid to sit down and talk about your personal health, just start sharing healthy behaviors. If you got great quality sleep, go ahead and share it. If if you had a great workout, go ahead and share it. Um, if you ate a home cooked meal at home, <laughs> and you you know you didn't always revert to Grubhub, share that at RFF Lifestyle because it 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 doesn't take one person to enact healthy behaviors. It it takes a it takes a herd of warriors. <laughs> mm, that's right. It takes a group. So the tribe. Yep, the tribe. So whatever tribe you may fall in. Uh, Go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. Stay happy and stay healthy. Um, and don't argue over things that may not work for other people. Do what works for you. And eat real fucking food, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Are you on Facebook as well, sir? Yes, also Facebook. So it'd be right at RFF Lifestyle. It would be a page that you can follow and also like. Okay. I will, uh, for everyone listening, I will make sure that we have links on our Instagram posts and also in our description for the episode. And obviously you can find the weekly warrior at the weekly warrior podcast on Instagram and the weekly warrior podcast on Facebook and tempo. It was fantastic having you on. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think it was, it's going to be incredibly helpful for people, especially in this new year who are fed up with, maybe how things were in 2020 and they want to make some changes. So really, really appreciate your time. I believe the, uh, I believe the who said it best off their album, Tommy. Uh, I got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year. Now they, yeah, now they, were, now we they were talking about 1921, <laughs> but let's just change that. 19 yeah, to a we're gonna, yeah. Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> just buy in. But I, you know, let's, let's get the positive messaging going. I, I really appreciate everything you're doing on here. Um, and even though this is a podcast and we're talking as, 
rational human beings and people are listening to it content <laughs> you are still one of my best friends so i think people need to know that too I, yeah. i'm happy to happy to say that and uh i love you brother and let's keep that positive messaging going whether that's through podcasting or whether that's through rff love you too bro talk soon thank you thanks my man happy peace out Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We sincerely appreciate you being here with us. And if you would consider sharing the Weekly Warrior with a friend or family member, that'd be pretty great too. If you haven't already done so, leave us a rating and a short review. Also, check out our Instagram page at Weekly Warrior Podcast for more warrior content. Thanks again for being here with us, and we hope you'll join us next week when we discover the warrior within. Thank you.